Hey guys, this is your host, Kathy Belletti, and welcome to another episode of Ed Up Career Schools, The Scoop. We're taking a deep dive into how career schools have been able to inspire, support, and place their students over the years into the careers that they deserve. As a bonus, get out that pen and paper. You're getting some free admissions tips on how to get immediate results. Hey guys, welcome to another amazing episode of Ed Up Career Schools, The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. And today is all about admissions. So sometimes I'll have a guest on and sometimes I'll give admissions tips. Um, this week, I've been receiving a lot of requests to record a podcast on objection handling, aka overcoming obstacles and concerns, which is what I like to call it, but it is our advisor's nightmare, <laughs> okay? So I'm going to give you guys five key tips to addressing objection handling. All right, first off, let's talk about our lovely advisors. Why do you guys hate it so much? Well, it's because sometimes advisors look at objection handling as rejection, and a lot of times it's not rejection. I always say that no does not mean never. It just means not right now. But what happens is automatically when they receive an objection from a student, they automatically jump to, oh my gosh, I don't want to go through this right now. Why the student just can't call in and already be decided on what they want to do, what program they want to take and when they want to start school. Yeah, but that's not what you signed up for, okay? Because you have to remember who our student is, which I'm going to get into in a couple seconds, all right? So when it comes to objection handling, you automatically jump to, I don't want to deal with this. This person is going to be combative this entire call, and all you want to do is get off the phone instead of walking them through what their actual concern is, Okay, so let's get into those five keys behind objection handling. So it's gonna be so much easier for you guys. So um, the first thing, <clears throat> like I started to mention before, you gotta make sure that you understand who our student is. Okay, remember the career student is a little different, but in every case, they're dealing with false beliefs. These are thoughts that are going through their mind that's preventing them from moving forward. They're starting to believe these false beliefs in their mind that's making them feel, you know what, <laughs> I'm over my head. I can't do this. What am I thinking? Right? Um, you may have people who have not been to school in a very long time. So they're thinking, you know what, I don't think I'm going to be successful. I'm a little rusty. You know, you may have someone who does not have any support, whether it's a dependent student, or you may have someone whose husband or wife is against their decision to return to school. Um, you may have some students who don't have any money. You know, they're working part-time, so they don't think that they'll be able to add another expense. Uh, student loans. You have some students that look at student loans as debt. Remember, gainful employment is huge. And a lot of our students, they don't want to take out the student loans because in a lot of cases, they don't trust the system. So they think that after they graduate and invest all of this money, they're not gonna be able to find work, right? So instead of looking at student loan as an investment, they're looking at it as additional debt. Then you have students who are wondering, oh my gosh, I wonder if I fail. I don't know anything about this topic, duh. That's why you're signing up to get training so we can give you the skills needed to be an expert in your field of study. And then you have scheduling conflicts and um, childcare obstacles. These are all false beliefs in their mind 
that they really think is going to prohibit them from moving forward. And a lot of it is focused around fear. Fear of failure, fear of not doing well, fear of coming out of school and not finding a job. And now they're left with these huge balances. A lot of it is fear. One thing leads to the other. So the first thing is you have to recognize who your student is, because the minute that you are able to recognize that, it's going to make objection handling so much better because you're going to expect it. And then you're going to prepare yourself, okay? The second thing, you have to identify the reason behind the objection. Sometimes students are just calling in because they have questions. So you have to ask yourself, are they looking for clarity? Are they just asking a simple question? Are they looking for a way out? Okay, that goes right back to those smoke screens and false beliefs. Or are they challenging you? Mm -hmm. See, a lot of your students, they do research before they come into your school, right? So you have to remain the expert at all points in time because you do have those students that will challenge you because they want to ensure that you really know what you're talking about, right? So you have to ask your, yourself, when they throw out an objection, what are they really saying? Are they looking for clarity or are they just simply asking a question? You have to be able to get that answer in your mind before you open your mouth and say anything else, okay? Number three, you have to be able to clarify the objection. So here's what happens. A lot of times, so many times, as soon as a student throws out something, you immediately jump to addressing their concern, right? But now you have to ask yourself, is that really the concern? I give you guys a couple of examples. Let's say for instance, a student says to you, you know what, um, I'm not ready to get started at this point in time. By default, a lot of you guys automatically jump to, well, you know what, based on what you told me, isn't it better to get started now than later? <laughs> is that really their concern? What you should do is go an extra step and say, all right, so Kat, what's going on in your situation that's making you feel that way? Because you did request information. This student may say to you, you know what? Um, the reason behind that is when it comes to financially, I know there's so many documents that I have to get together and then I'm moving, you know, in the next six months. And I just think that there's so much that's going on right now. Okay, now you know why they're saying that. So now you could address it accordingly. You can easily say to them, oh, okay, I totally get it. I hear this from a lot of students, really and truly. In a lot of cases, we can get your financial aid completed in one day. But other than that, financially really does not take that long. You'll be able to speak with them at some point today and they'll walk you through the entire process and ask another question. You have to be able to identify exactly what their reasoning is before you jump to trying to handle the objection. Here's another one. Um, you may have someone that says to you, you know what, I need to find a job first, then I'll look into school. Once again, immediately we jump to the feel, felt, found. Oh, I know how you feel. A lot of our students felt the same way, but they found that after they spoke with financial aid, school was way more affordable for them. Okay, first off, is that the reason why they're telling you that they need to find a job first? You have to go the extra step and say, okay, talk to me. What's going on? Why do you feel that you need to find a job first before you can go to school? 
and let them tell you what the situation is. It could be because they're working part-time and they don't think that they can add another expense to their plate. So they're looking for full-time work. You know, it could be um, that they're looking for another opportunity that they think would actually mesh with the program that they're interested in. So they want to be working in the field at the same time, getting some experience while they're going to school. It could be so many reasons, but you cannot jump to an, um, handling the objection before you know what it is. Here's an interesting one for you guys. If someone says to you, you know what, this is too soon for me. Okay, I am just calling for information. I am not ready to get started at this point in time. Do you know why a student may say that? Keep in mind, your students have spoken to other schools, okay? They are shopping, right? But then also other schools are calling them, so they know the process. They know as soon as you get them on the phone, your objective is to inspire them to enroll so that they can get their career started, right? So they automatically come in with a wall up and they're saying to you, I'm not here to enroll. Or if it's an online school, they're like, look, I'm not enrolling right now. I'm just calling for information. The last thing that you want to do is go back and forth with the student about, yeah, but you called for a reason. There's something that's going on in your life. So why not get started now? Um, hello. <laughs> All you have to do is say, okay, no problem. I'm here to get you the answers that you need. Do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? You know why? Because now you just disabled them. They were expecting you to go back and forth, back and forth with them so they can say, see, I told you, all you guys are interested is in me getting to school, me getting started, but I just want some answers. Just diffuse them and say, no problem. I'm here to get you the answers that you need. Do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions to see if we can find a good fit for you? I guarantee you, by the ending of that call or interview, in most cases, that student is enrolling anyway. So you don't have to go back and forth with a student that early in your call or in your interview. They're there for questions and you're there to give them answers. By the time you build value, guess what? They're going to be excited. And in a lot of cases now they're asking you, so um, when did you say your next coming class start was? <laughs> okay. So just make sure that you are able to clarify that objection before you even make an attempt to answer that question. Number four, speed. Speed is going to be very important, okay? The key behind objection handling is to address their concern and then ask another question, okay? Um, one mistake that a lot of advisors make, and I've made the same mistake when I was an advisor, disregarding their question because you're not ready to answer it, okay? All that's going to do is cause them to ask more questions. They may repeat the same question. And after a while, it starts to look as if you're hiding something, okay? So you wanna acknowledge what they just asked you, handle the objection, and then ask another question. Very simple. So if someone says to you, do you guys offer financial aid? Well, yes, we offer financial aid to those who qualify. You'll be able to speak with financial aid a little later and they'll be able to answer all of your questions. So what do you do now for work? Very casual. I addressed it. I handled it. I asked another question. All right, so you're going to have to be very quick because anytime that you start staggering and you're like, um, 
well, it automatically says to your prospective student that this person has no idea what they're talking about. Okay, so confidence, which is number five, is going to be key. And when it comes to confidence, you have to know your competition and you have to know your own school. You'd be surprised how many of you folks have been working at the same school for years and really have no clue as to some of the benefits of your programs. All right, study a catalog, go online, do the research. All you gotta do is log on to your school's website and read about all the different community partners that you have. Build value, that is so important. But confidence is going to be key because your students can pick up on lack of confidence from a mile away and they will eat you alive, <laughs> okay? So just make sure that you have confidence. That is going to be key. All right, so I'm gonna give you guys two additional bonus objections that I hear all the time. And this is how you are going to address it. So I know you guys are making calls every single day, right? And in a lot of cases, you get to call number 100. And if someone actually picks up, you're like, oh, finally, somebody answers the phone. Then after five minutes, they're like, hey, can you call me tomorrow? So now your world is shattered <laughs> because you're like, dang, I just got somebody on the phone and now all of a sudden they have to go. So this is what you do because you want to make sure that this person actually has to go and they're not brushing you off, okay? So the first thing that you need to do is let them know when you are going to be in the office. How late are you gonna be there? A lot of times if someone is like, oh, can you call me tomorrow? It may be a brush off because why are we jumping to tomorrow? It's only 11 o'clock in the morning, right? You can easily say, actually, I'm here until six o'clock. I have two slots open, okay? I have a 2.30 appointment um, open and I have a 4.15, which is best for you. If in fact they cannot take any of them those times, look at your schedule for the next day and give them two options and use the either or. Here is the key. After they choose the time, take the extra step and say, okay, so one last thing. What information do you need from me tomorrow? That's the key. That's how you know if this is a person that's serious, someone who's trying to brush you off or someone who's legitimately looking for information. All right, because here's the key. If you request information from any agency, any institution, any organization, you requested information for a reason. So you already have a list of questions. So if someone were to say to you, you know what, um, tomorrow at 4.15 when we speak, um, what information do you want me to gather for you? They should be able to automatically at least give you their top three, right? But if you ask a question to that student and they're like, um, and they have nothing, most likely they were just trying to brush you off. You can't tell me that you have no idea what information you need. Most students are looking for placement information. They're looking for financial aid information, accreditation information, um, what's included in the tuition. Okay, that's very important to people. So they should be able to come up with at least the top two or three right off the bat. And if they don't, most likely this is an appointment that is not going to show for you at any point in time. Try that, I'm guaranteeing you that that's going to work and you're gonna start having more appointments actually show. 
All right, the second thing, why is your tuition so expensive? I just spoke to two other schools and their tuition is half the amount of yours. Here's the deal. Not only will it help you to know your competition, you are going to have to know the value of your school and why your tuition costs that amount of money, right? So you have to be prepared to talk about what's included in your tuition. Do you pay for certifications and licenses? Okay, is tutoring included? Um, placement assistance, is that included? You have to be able to pile that on. But also you have to know your competition because if you know the school that they're also looking into that's less expensive than you, you have to be able to say, oh, okay, you know what? I know that school very well. Here's a side note. Don't ever talk negative about another school. Never talk down about another school, but do know the facts. So you can easily say, oh, okay, I, I know that school very well. We do have a couple of students here from that school. Um, when it comes to their tuition, you will find that it is less expensive because at the ending of the program, you are paying for your own certification. When it comes to books and supplies, that's out of pocket as well. And unfortunately, they're not accredited by um, the agency that's going to allow you to get your license. So you can easily talk about another institution by just using the facts, because when they go online and look that up, they're going to find that information anyway. But be very careful to not try to downplay or talk negative about another school. All you're doing is laying out the facts and then you're building value in what your school has to offer. So hence, this is why our tuition is $45,000, because we do have placement assistance. Um, we do, uh, we are accredited, okay? We pay for your license. All of the books and supplies are actually included in our tuition and you build as much value as possible, okay? That's how you're going to get your students to buy in. And you also have to remain the expert. That's so important. These students are calling because they need you to tell them what they need to do. Think about it this way. If you are going to buy a house and you are seeking a mortgage broker, you're going to do all your research on Google, right? <laughs> That's the first thing people are going to go to. They're going to say, what are the five steps to buying a home? Or um, if you are already a home buyer, um, a home owner, you're going to be looking at, okay, how do I sell and buy, right? So you're going to be looking at all of these steps that you have to take. But ultimately, when you get to that mortgage broker, you are expecting them to tell you exactly what you need to do. The information that you research, that's for your well-being so that you have an idea of what you need to do to get started. But I'm going to this mortgage broker and I'm paying this person because you are the expert in this field. So I need you to direct me on exactly what I need to do. It's the same thing when it comes to your students. They do all the research about the programs because they want to look at, okay, is this a program that's high in demand, right? They're gonna be looking at salaries, all different types of information, but ultimately they are calling you because you are the expert. So you're supposed to give them the direction. You're supposed to be able to listen to them, identify what their need is. And in a lot of cases, you may be recommending a totally different program because you were listening and you're telling the student, you know what, based on what you told me, the original program 
that you actually called in for is not what you just described to me that you actually want to do, okay? But you have to be likable because a lot of times when students like you, they trust you. When you're able to build rapport, they trust you. And now objection handling becomes so much easier for you because now you've built that trust and your student is going to follow your lead, okay? So remember the first step, you have to make sure that you know who our student is. It takes a lot of work. These are people, all right? These are people who are in a situation, whether they're looking for a brand new career or a career upgrade, but they have no idea how to go from A to B. That's where you come in, all right? So you have to know who our student is and what false beliefs are they suffering from? Then number two, remember, identify the reason behind the objection before you try to handle it. The third one, clarify what the objection is. A lot of times the students may say something and you're immediately jumping to handling it, but that's not what their problem is. You have to make sure that they break that down and clarify it. Number four, speed. You gotta be quick on your feet. Okay, no procrastinating. Okay, no stuttering. No asking for you know, a helpline or lifeline, I should say. All right. And number five, confidence. Confidence is going to be key because your students, they are making a huge investment. So you have to make sure that you know what you're talking about because they do a lot of research before they call your school, especially since the pandemic. A lot of people are watching their coins, right? So they want to make sure that they invest their money in the right place. All right, follow these tips and you are going to see that your appointment conversions and your enrollment conversions are going to skyrocket. All right, until then guys, take care and let me know how this goes. Hey, hey everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of Ed Up Career School's The Scoop with your host, Kathy Belletti. If you love what you hear, do not forget to like and share. Feel free to follow me on LinkedIn, or you can visit my website at lessons.motivatewithkat.com to learn more about how I help career schools grow. Head on over to Apple or wherever you download your podcast content. Leave us a rating, but do not forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. Until then, live life 100% you. Motivate with KAT is a cutting edge online enrollment training platform. Admissions can be challenging. Your team's role is to inspire students to invest thousands of dollars into something intangible, their education. Identifying the need and effective communication is going to be key to your team's success. This platform is filled with live videos, presentations, quizzes, and printable tools needed to hold your team accountable for their activity, connect with students on another level, and ensure quality enrollments who will actually follow through and graduate. If you are looking for raw material that will get you immediate results, then visit my website at lessons.motivatewithkat.com to learn more.